We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's another live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Look, when was the last time you went into a bank? Now more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise is a trusted company with mobile tools that take your banking beyond the borders of whatever city you live in. It's the same here. Uh, I, I mean, look, I the KCSN draft guide is uh is, is in the in wonderful hands of Emprise Bank. They've been absolutely fantastic. We love working with them. And uh, if you are uh, looking for some banking needs, they'll take care of you in a big, big way. Emprise Bank member FDIC. Uh, I'm here with my two pals, Maddie Lane. It is a uh, full-blown off-season, I think. Uh, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, just so the viewers know, this is like the third straight podcast that I've lobbied for it to just be uh, NBA playoff talk, and production keeps shooting me down. Uh, production says that's not allowed to talk about something current that matters, um, that we have to talk Chiefs, because that's what you guys are here for, so Okay. We will talk Chiefs and not how uh, Dallas cannot give Luka Doncic any help whatsoever and uh, how Boston is choking away the only chance we have to not see Golden State Warriors win the uh, finals again. So, uh, Craig, how are you doing this fine evening? I like how Maddie still shoehorned all of that NBA talk in, and I condone it. Let's get it. Oh, no. We got other I, stuff to do. I got to bury these fools in a draft coming up here. I, I'm looking forward to this. I, I feel like... You know, at, after we did our draft and allocated who was going to go where, I was actually happy with where I ended up. So uh, I, I have a pretty good feeling that I'm going to win this damn thing. I'm really excited that Maddie can snipe picks from me because he's going to be picking before me in this, like he did with the Casey uh, or with the uh, draft draft that we did right before the draft. This is great. Oh, is that uh, why the, you lost? The, is that why I got? Is that why I got two, two guys? You got zero. The Celtics are up 23 to 4. <laughs> Good. By the way, Matthew. That'll do We're for about the to Casey Tyler, It's no, about no, to no. the time where Tyler Harrow, Hero, whatever his name is, comes on the court and is where Miami makes a run because he's not available. Um, they will now play better because he's not out there throwing balls off the side of the backboard and just absolutely trying to cost them the game. So their run's coming. Don't worry. All right, back to uh, Chiefs football. We have a fun game. Maddie, why don't you explain the ground rules for this fine snake-style draft that we'll be doing? Oh, uh, I don't think there was any, any ground rules. Really, I just thought of like, it's off season. We needed to play some kind of game. And I thought about getting young, you know, youthful Regis back. Um, he was busy. He was booked up. Mm. And I, I wanted to win. I wanted to put these guys in the blender again. I'm riding a hot streak right now after the draft drafts. Like, I wanted to be able to participate when youthful Regis is here. I, I can't participate. I only have one mic. He takes it over. 
Um, so I wanted to get a game in here. What we are going to do, we are going to go through every single Brett Veach draft pick as he's been the GM of the Kansas City Chiefs. And we are going to snake style draft them between the three of us and try to build the best, you know, four man, not really roster, but four man team of draft picks. And now, how do you determine how good these draft picks are? That's up to the picker. It's up to you to sell them. If you want to draft Trent McDuffie from the latest draft, despite him playing zero snaps in the NFL and being absolutely not proven whatsoever. Sure. Go ahead. You can try to explain how he's already one of the best picks. If you want to draft somebody else and talk about how he's been good or how you think he's about to take the next big step after year three in the NFL, go ahead. It's it's all in the eye of the beholder, Kent. I know this was something that was weighing on you heavily before this podcast started. Yeah, I mean, I just like a little bit of structure. <laughs> it's it's the offseason. The and, man can't wing it. And there's just like this like layer of like... Matty Have you seen just, the hair? There's a just, lot of structure. Patty just likes to add this layer of critical thinking, like just just like leave things very open ended and just like leave things open to t- interpretation because he already has like three or four interpretations in his head. Like he's probably going to find a way to say, well, you know, uh, round four, he's going to have the last pick. He's going to be like, well, you know, uh, Brett Veach actually picks Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to go with Patrick. <laughs> like, you know, you know, something ridiculous is coming. Uh, and perfectly enough, Matthew Lane has the floor with the per- first pick in the first round. We're doing a snake style draft. Some draft. say the lottery's rigged. Some, some say it's some not. Say, I don't know. Craig rolled dice and he had like a 16 sided die because he definitely used that. Well, that would be crazy no. because I got a 17. And so like I'm scoring off the <laughs> die already. You might as well just give me the, the trophy. I can well, tell who's never rolled for initiative before. All right, go Maddie. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Patrick LeVon Mahomes because with the very <laughs> first pick, I'm taking Patrick LeVon Mahomes. And now you viewers sitting there at home, I know what you're thinking. Oh, wait, Brett Veach was not the GM when they drafted him. Oh, not so fast, my friend. I get to take one half of Patrick Mahomes because that is what they spent the first round pick in the 2018, the 2018 draft came from the trade up for Patrick LeVon Mahomes. That pick... Didn't get to be used in the draft. No, no, no. It was traded for Patrick LaVon Mahomes. So whether you want to give me Patrick, whether you want to give me Mahomes, I don't care. I am taking one half of the best player in the NFL with the very first overall pick. I don't think I need to sell anybody on this, but if I need to, I will simply say this. One half of Patrick LaVon Mahomes is still better than Derek Carr, and he almost won an MVP at one point in time. I don't... what no of course no no i mean (laughs) no no. time out no we can't start this game like this we cannot we cannot do this just because i win no because it's ridiculous you always find a way (laughs) to take a simple game and make it the most ridiculous thing we've ever seen go look up the chiefs 2018 draft and just see what happened with their first round pick what was their first round pick i don't want to look at that draft so can i draft orlando brown later uh what are we doing here they didn't draft him at all he he was not drafted by the Chiefs. Like he was But they used their first round pick to acquire him. He was traded. See, I, for thought him, Maddie, I thought Maddie was just gonna go down the line and Frank Clark was gonna be next and then Orlando. Oh, no, no, I thought about this. You know, we could do that, but I feel like that's reaching a little too far outside the box, right? Like I think you have to be somewhat realistic. Like we know Brett Veach was the guy that helped choose 
you know, Patrick Mahomes. I, I just told I just told I you what you were gonna say, and you said it. I won't even argue that 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 route. I won't even go that route. I'm just saying that's what they used their 2018 first round pick on was Patrick Mahomes. Um, so no, obviously these two disagree. Uh, we'll let chat decide. Like the first, you know, the first five answers of a yes or a no. A- am I allowed to draft Patrick Levon Mahomes? Chat, please. Let's, am I allowed no, to draft half, him? If, half. half am I allowed to draft half of Patrick Levon Mahomes? Because that is what the Chiefs spent their 2018 draft, first round draft pick on. I need some yeses. I need some nos in the chat. I will I mean, buy time I, until this happens. If I we just, get no, if we get nothing, I'm saying it's a yes. This is like, the oh most batty answer goodness. of all time. I, How you guys not... gave me the first. You guys gave me the first. Ooh, Tucker says he's going to get us a poll. Ooh, okay. Well, that's two no's, but it's from the same person. There's another um, no. There's oh, a- I got a great pick. No, no, but he said, or the lower half. So if I get the lower half, I think that's cool. These are a lot of no's from the same person. <laughs> you, get Patrick Ma- you get Patrick Mahomes rushing yards. That's still probably actually <laughs> worth the first pick, actually. That's still probably worth the first <laughs> pretty pick. Good. It's, it's actually pretty. That's a, that's a lot of yards still. Yeah, Shout out to Lego. Like, Lego, my ego just keeps he's spamming no. We got a lot of no's in the chat, man. They're all from the Just, same person, Craig. No, no, a lot of no's in the chat. This is the polls up. The poll. We're giving the poll like forty-five <laughs> seconds to run through. Um, I just, I just one, have a question, really quick, Matthew. Yeah. When you come up with these games and these ideas when we're doing the production of this show, do yes. you? No, the answer is yes. Do yeah. you no, come okay. up with all these loopholes before you even present no, them so to us? I wasn't even going to do this. I was actually in the shower like 30 minutes before the show started, and it hit me that I could try to sneak Patrick Mahomes in there, and I was going to do it last. But then I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to start the show off with it. We're just going to start off with the banger. Like you don't, you don't sleep on your first round pick. Well, um, <laughs> Maddie, uh, I, I hate to break it to you, but there's an overwhelming. Unless Lego my ego was able to vote, you know, extra times, it is overwhelmingly no. Um, these people are these people have no imagination. This, no, this, this is why you guys won't be GMs. You guys have no imagination. <laughs> Matthew, does he, does he forfeit his pick? All right. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm I think taking, he should take um, nobody. <laughs> I am taking from the ooh, uh, mm, see first pick stinks. This is why I tried to do this because the first pick's terrible. The first pick's absolutely got awful in this. Um, I'm going to take from the 2021 draft class, pick 226, interior offensive lineman Trey Smith out of Tennessee. Uh, why? Because I will sit here and fight to, to the death that for a rookie, the Chiefs depended on him in certain situations more than any other rookie they have in their entire Brett Veach, you know, hall. Uh, Creed Humphrey, whether he's been better or not, like that's a different argument. They rely more on what Trey Smith can do specifically as a run blocker on short yardage situations than any singular thing that any other draft pick has done. Like he's been vital to their success on short yardage situations. I think he's only going to get better. And you have to account for value at some point in time. We're doing this, right? This is a sixth round pick. This is a late day three pick that came in and was a really good starter who should only get better. I think this is where I have to go off the get go. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him still improve, you know, in 2022 and beyond. Yeah, we're going to talk about value, and he goes positional value of interior offensive line. Day three. Now, Maddie, this is basically you saying, because you did have the chance to say this, basically, that the best pick in Brett Veach's tenure has been Trey Smith. Patrick LeVon Mahomes, but go on. <laughs> no, I, I don't disagree with this. I really don't. When you combine the value of it, you got a starter and a guy that's probably going to be a starter for the next three years plus i mean they're 
the Chiefs are likely going to try and sign him to another contract here. Like they got extreme value. They got a really good offensive lineman to help shape their new look offensive line. Like, I mean, it, it makes all the sense in the world. I expected Trey Smith to come off the board in the first two picks. So him going number one makes all the sense to me. Well, I, you know what? I, <clears throat> I'm going to go positional value for my first pick in the, uh, in this snake style draft of Brett Veach picks. I am going to go to the 2020 NFL draft and I am going to take cornerback Legarius Sneed, the 138th pick in the 2020 NFL draft. And look, I mean, if we're going to talk positional value and impact positions, I think this is like one of the biggest, but it was the, it was the best pick to that point in Brett Veach's tenure at a position of high need. You know, he's got that inside outside versatility. We've seen what he's been able to do uh, both in, in the slot and outside a guy that's made a lot of plays, really good blitzer quality tackler has been able to get his hands on the football, some very good ball production, um, obviously, um, you know, there's been some injury history issues here and there, but I think when you're looking at positional value performance, everything into consideration in my book, I am going with cornerback Legarius Sneed from the 2020 NFL draft. I'm on board with it. Uh, he was the other guy that I figured was going to go in the top two picks there. I mean, the first cornerback that Brett Veach had drafted before this year that had panned out in a big, big way. It was a very impact player in his rookie season. We saw a little bit of a sophomore regression a little bit, but he started to come on again at the end of the year. So I expect big things from him. I think the Chiefs do as well. And he's been a day three pick on a guy that you expect to play damn near 100% of your snaps. That is extremely good value and a great pick by Beach. Uh, Are you concerned at all that he gave up five touchdowns? uh, NFL QBs had over a hundred passer rating throwing his way and had nine penalties last year. No, because most does that bring down the goodness of this pick of Legereus Sneed, seeming he regressed significantly in his second year. He was a target. Teams targeted him his second year. They did. He, we were all super high on him. Like I think I was higher than anybody else that we know of talking about the step he might make. And he made a step, a very clear step, just the other direction. Like he very (laughs) clearly regressed last year and whether it's situational, whether it's because of what was around him, what else was going on, we'll find out this year, but like that has to be weighed in at some level, right? Like his rookie year was great last year. He was pretty Jag level. I mean, like, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to be too harsh, but like he was not great last year. And there were certain games where he was a little bit of a problem in coverage. Especially I, early in the, early in the season, yes, I, I feel like he got much better as the season went along. But yes, early in the season, he was getting beat right and left. And wasn't there some injuries early in the year, if I remember yes, correctly, as well? Yeah. So, so, so he got stronger as the year went on. There's enough positives in his tape, <laughs> I think, to justify taking him this early. Uh, hey, if you're watching this, by the way, please hit the like, please hit the subscribe button. Um, you've got some links down there. The KCSN Substack is only thirty dollars a year now. You'll be entered to win. Uh, we're giving Chiefs tickets away every single game this year as part of the deal with Substack subscribers. You get access to the KCSN Discord, which is an absolute blast. So much great value. There's a lot of great content we're doing. So hit the like, hit the subscribe button. And if you feel like uh, subscribing to the KCSN Substack, that would be great too. Craig, this is a snake style draft. You have the next two picks mm. uh, in the Brett Veach draft. Draft. Let's go with your Definitely first the best pick. spot to be in. 
Yes. Yes, definitely the best spot to be in. I, you know, those no, were you, the now in case you were trying to Patrick Mahomes is not draftable, or oh. even half of him is not is not draftable. I was gonna take the other half of Patrick Mahomes there and see how far that got me. No, I figured <laughs> that I figured that Trey Smith and Legarius Sneed, even though both of them may have had, you know, rocky parts of the last season last year or whatever, you know, both of those, the future is very, very strong for both of those guys, just like my next two picks are gonna be. I am going with the 2021 NFL draft, I think this is fairly, fairly clearly the next guy for Brett Veach. Pick number 63, Creed Humphrey. Comes right in, starts day one at center, is amongst the league's best, you know, considered amongst that of, you know, not just players, but, you know, media, coaches. A lot of hype for him coming in. He played a lot better than we even thought that he was going to be able to come in. And we thought that he was going to be a day one starter. He comes in and he plays at a very high level. Yes, the center position in an Andy Reid offense and in a lot of offenses does get a lot of help, but he was able to do a lot of stuff by himself as well. I could just see him growing into that role, and I think we've seen this offseason. It looks like he's in a lot better shape, like he's taking care of himself. Maybe he's on that Trey Smith you know, workout plan a little bit because you know he looks really good, and I think that the future is just insanely bright for him spent a late second round pick on a guy that could be an anchor of your offensive line for 10 years. It's hard to go wrong with that. No, I mean, he was a, he was a great pick. And I think kind of the, the reservation about him was it was a little bit of a, a safe pick. Like he didn't jump out in any specific way. Now he was also like the best testing interior offensive lineman of all time, which <laughs> I don't think a lot of powers, you know, a lot of people power. saw coming. But like, you know, he was just a, a nice, safe pick. And that's the way I think kind of his play played out. Like he's very consistent, very good. I don't know if he jumps off the screen, but like you don't need interior offensive linemen to always do that, right? Like I don't want to make that sound like it's a knock. It's just like, I don't know if he's always jumping off the screen in ways that make you say, wow, but you also very rarely see him get beat or be a problem. And the Chiefs relied on that a ton there in the middle, especially playing next to a less consistent rookie, a guy that had a lot, you know, probably higher highs and lower lows than Trey Smith, even on the left side when Joe Tooney had to kick out the tackle briefly, like Creed's consistency at center really did help. So like, I think that was a really good pick. You know, it was just also a round two pick. I was, I was really hoping that you were going to take someone. I, I, I just thought you were going to take Creed. I was hoping you were going to take Creed at the second. So I could say, make a, could you take him higher joke? Anyways, round two. Starts Thank you, with- Craig. Thank you for not doing <laughs> that. Craig Glad Stout, that round two. For you. Okay, another guy with a high hope. I was actually between two guys at this spot. Again, figured this is how it was going to go. And both of them play the same position. Both of them were drafted in the same round. And one of them, maybe not the one you think I'm going to say, is my pick here. Pick number four from the 2021 NFL Draft. Pick number 58. Nick Bolton coming in here. Bolton has already become your starting Mike linebacker in Steve Spagnuolo's scheme. So take that for whatever you think that that's worth. But the Chiefs were able to shed a big contract at linebacker with a second round pick. And they're probably going to improve in play on the field with him at the Mike linebacker. Great downhill linebacker. Plays behind the line of scrimmage, lots of run blitzes. No, he's not going to be your answer in coverage, but Steve Spagnolo and Andy Reid have trusted him to basically be one of the biggest voices 
on the defensive side of the ball in year two. Now, yes, they had to spend a second round draft pick on a guy that doesn't have the most range, doesn't have the most coverage ability, but I think his consistency, what he's going to do for this defense and the way that he's going to continue to play, I think what we saw last year is not a fluke. I think that's going to continue. I think he's going to get better even against the run. I think you're going to see him get better. So I do think that what he brought just in a roster building perspective and what he's going to bring you for the rest of his rookie contract is hard to ignore that value when compared to the other linebacker that I'm sure is going to come off the board soon. Yeah, he he was so good they had to come out and take another day two linebacker the year hey, right listen, after. Hey, Sam linebacker. <laughs> okay, sure, 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 sure. Um, I I obviously would have taken Nick Bolton if he was still available coming back around, but I also think that tells you a little bit about the state of affairs of Brett Veach's drafts since he kind of took over. <laughs> I agree. That we're that we're talking. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about a round two linebacker in the second year of back-to-back round two linebackers that still was like barely a not even a halftime player so far in his career has struggled a little bit in coverage and we're still kind of waiting to see how that pans out but he's absolutely in this top five draft pick mix of things that people that Brett Veach has taken right like I think that says just as much about what Brett Veach has done so far now I think we all anticipate that changing as we see more of 2021 and what 2022 can do. But like, there's definitely like Nick Bolton's a very good pick here. I just don't know how strong of a second pick it is for this style of thing. If you would compare it around the league, like if you compared it to other teams drafts in the last five years. Yeah. I mean, but like, yeah, I, I, I think it's starting to get thin here. I think like, I, I think it is starting to get thin. This is where it's going to get a little bit more interesting. Cause you're going to have to get a little bit more creative and more on that in a second. But uh, I, I'm gonna try to, yeah, I'm gonna try to take Mahomes now too, right? Um, but like, I, I think this is a solid. I think this is a solid round two pick. I don't really have a ton of problems with the value. Like, I think he, he's probably, a, you know, he's probably a little bit. If if we were doing this for other teams, like, I think you might be surprised where you're sitting at after, you know, the last five five drafts. Um, but I do think it just you have to think a little bit harder about some of the guys here moving forward. I think I think Bolt was about when you're looking at just the guys that are, you know, been on the field produced. I think, you know, I, I think that's the good value. I'm going to have to get creative here. I'm going to have to be now, a little, I'm up to a little projection here. Oh, you guys now, now wait, no, I just want to point out, we have drafted four players here and three of them were from the 2021 draft. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, I mean, no, trending no up, joke man. about that. It's um, trending up. And we all and like the 2020 draft. The other one is from the well. 2020 draft class. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I can't wait I to mean, see where the first 2018 or there, there will be nobody from 2018 picked unless Maddie does something out of spite. Um, and then, uh, well, there might be. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Not, not on my watch. Um, 2019, we could see one. I wonder how we maybe. know you're not winning. <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm gonna go with some projection here because I have a firm belief in the highest grade that we've ever given a Brett Veach draft pick when it came to the KC draft guide, and I'm going with Trent McDuffie. I'm going with the cornerback uh, out of Washington, and yes, Maddie's going to eviscerate me probably because I took a guy that's never played a snap of football, but I have a strong belief in the ceiling of this guy, and I have a strong belief in the floor of this guy, and this is where things get interesting in this draft because the floor. <laughs> We've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of these guys. We've seen some sample size. And there's not a ton of guys to get overly excited about beyond what we've been able to kind of talk about so far. But with McDuffie, I am betting and projecting on the, on the upside 
of an uber talented corner, some inside outside versatility, potentially high, high, high football IQ that every single time I turn it on, I come away just a little bit more impressed with some of the subtleties in his instincts and his football IQ. And by all indications, a kid with high football character. I'm betting on this kid. I have a strong belief in this kid. Trent McDuffie is my second pick in the Brett Veach draft draft. Yeah, I, I think you kind of nailed it. You know, he hasn't played a single snap in the NFL, right? We can, we're super high on him. I think we all are all super high on him. But at this point in time, if we are drafting Brett Veach's best picks, I don't know if you can put a guy that hasn't even got into a training camp yet like you know to legitimate training camp in in that realm like you're building out a roster of a guy that doesn't even have a training camp snap he doesn't even have a snap with the other starters of the chiefs <laughs> under his belt in practice with shells on like i i don't know if that you know i don't know if that could make my best picks but it, it makes yours so, you know it's a, it's a good pick hey look I mean, i'm looking at the process of how this guy was selected and i believe in the process i think they did the right thing i think they nailed it and I'm not going to be criticizing Brett Veach if Trent McDuffie doesn't work out because I think the process by which he grabbed him was perfect. It was like yeah. instinct. You wouldn't, you wouldn't criticize him for taking one of the biggest outliers of all time at cornerback <laughs> in a trade up in round one. Nope. That I'm, process I, is okay. I, hey, look, I'm not going to sit on. I'm not going to yeah. sit on the fence on the process. Okay. I believed. I liked what he did. I'm going to defend what he did, even if even if it tanks out. I'm going to I'm going to stick by what I said. I think it was a home run pick. I think it was a great selection. I think the process they used to get him was great. I'm not going to critique, critique it if it doesn't work out in four years. No, I wouldn't either. Like at this point, uh, Trent McDuffie is one of the few guys when you look over all of Brett Veach's drafts that you look at and you're like, damn it, I'm excited to watch him play football. A lot of the guys that Brett Veach typically drafts have very safe floors. You understand where their role is. You know how they're going to fit. You generally have an idea of how they're going to play. Trent McDuffie still has that very safe floor, but you can see the ceiling. You can see him potentially becoming this elite guy in a Steve Spagnuolo secondary. Yes, there are things that could stop him from doing that. That's why he fell to where he fell. But you do see the upside. You see the ability to do that. And it's at a position of need, which also isn't always something that Brett Veach really, you know, invests in. So when you combine all that stuff, you know, the elite production, the elite process, all of that stuff, it just reminds me of how McAdoodles used elite process to get into the Kansas City market this summer, 2022, Lee's Summit, Elite selection, elite prices, and elite service. Just like taking Trent McDuffie, Kansas City is getting a McAdoodles. We need more of them, just like we'd like all more of Trent McDuffie's. So get a hold of Roger, info at McAdoodles.com to bring more to this area. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide 
that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trent McDuffie is younger than MacDoodles, by the way. MacDoodles was established in 1997, if you uh, didn't see my sign right there. <laughs> Anyways. So I'm up. I'm surprised this pick made it back to me, actually. I thought there was a pretty clear number four here. Um, McCole Hardman from hmm. the 2019 draft class. And we are not, as a group, probably the highest on McCole Hardman, but sometimes when you're grading draft picks or any player, you kind of got to step back and just kind of look at what's there. Yes, maybe his usage has been limited. Yes, maybe he hasn't been exactly what you wanted, but here's still a guy that has amassed almost 1,900 yards from scrimmage in three years of football. He has 14 total touchdowns if you include his return touchdowns. He averages more yards per target, more yards per catch, higher catch rate, more touchdowns per target than Marquise. Hollywood Brown, who was just traded for a first-round draft pick after playing in the NFL as a number one wide receiver for the past three years. Like, I think McCole Hardman, I wish he would have done more. I think there was other receivers that were available when he was taken in 2019 at, at 2019 at pick 56. But when you just step back and look at what he's done, it's been good. He's been a very productive receiver for three years. He's about to potentially get a bigger piece of the pie. And when he has in the past, it has led to some of his bigger games. So like, I think there's a chance that you haven't even seen the best from him yet. And what we have seen hasn't been bad at all. It's just been a little bit less than what I think everybody was hoping when you compare him to a DK Metcalf or a Terry McLaurin. But if you remove those comparison points, he looks a lot better. So like, we don't love him as the player right now. We don't love the progression of what we've seen but he's still been a good player. He's been a very impactful pick for a mid-round two wide receiver, and to catch him here at this point of this draft, I mean, I don't know. That, that's a big W right there. Yeah, I, I mean, that was one of those that I wasn't sure how far he was going to fall just because of the general consensus amongst the KCSN crew here. Correct. I was Correct. playing the board a little. I was trying. I'm not joking you. I was hoping that I was going to be able to get him at in on the at round three. I was just hoping like maybe like that was part of my strategy. I was kind of hoping to hit him in round three. Yeah. But I mean, McCole has been, McCole has been productive. Like he's, he gets on the field. He has a very defined role. He does that role. He, and he performs it. Well, this is one of those that if we were coming back to revisit this, I can see how that's easily the best pick in the draft because of what he may do next year. And we'll see that. I can also see him having the exact same role that he has before and moving on from that point, which still doesn't make it a bad pick. I think at the time when I said, you know, when they drafted McCall Hardman, I said, if you're using him in more of a gadget role and as a punt returner, that's a lot better than what a lot of round two wide receivers get. He has definitely done that. It's definitely a lot better than what the general round two receiver usually goes for it just happens to be that he's always going to be held up against those guys in that draft that have outperformed him and that's un it's not fair to him because he was taken before that but it is one of those things that just happens kind of naturally he there's don't get me wrong i've been wildly frustrated with him 
um, at times throughout his his you know his first three seasons. There, uh, every pick has value, and it's not that he's a worthless, pointless football player by any stretch of the word. There is a ton of value to what he presents. It's just you, you, yeah. There's, I think, contextually, that draft. There's some guys around him that we definitely preferred <laughs> that have turned out to be pretty good football players. Um, and so some of that, some of that context does frustrate you, but at the same time, yeah, like all things considered, like you got value out of him. There's no arguing that it shouldn't be argued. Like chiefs still got, have got a lot of value and there's still another year for them to potentially get more value. Um, I was really hoping this, I was hoping that I could get him to, <laughs> you were trying to snake him. I was trying to snake him in a snake draft. Um, <clears throat> all right, Maddie, you got the first pick of round three in the Brett Veach draft draft. We are going to Brett Veach's first draft with the Kansas City Chiefs in 2018 with pick in the third round. The Chiefs selected defensive tackle Derek Nottie out of Florida State. Not only did Derek Nottie come in and earn a starting job, not only has he maintained that starting job for a whole first contract earned a second contract. Yes, a one-year deal, but he still got himself back on the Kansas City Chiefs. He's been an excellent run defender taken in round three, which is about where you're going to start seeing guys of that nature start to come off the board. And the literal cherry on top, like the actual final crowning piece here, they don't win the Super Bowl without him. He saves Chris Jones, who absolutely abandons a abandons his run responsibility to go chase a potential bootleg. Derek Nottie sheds a block, covers potentially like two and a half gaps to make a tackle on Raheem Mozart, I believe it was, who was, if he beats Derek Nottie, he's probably scoring. He's outrunning all of the angles from the Chiefs defensive backs. The 49ers are going up. And at that point in time, they probably are going to win that game from there. Derek Nottie makes that tackle that likely saves the Chiefs their Super Bowl win that makes so many of their other pieces worthwhile. The unsung hero, Derek Nottie, is my pick here in round three. See, this isn't taken. fair. This isn't fair because <laughs> Maddie knows that I can't say anything negative about Derek Nottie. I, and I knew I, I couldn't get him if I waited till the end. I knew. Yeah, I oh, yeah. I was, I was taking him with my very next pick. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I wasn't. I. I. I can't say anything negative about him because of the way that not only he played from when he's come in here, but everything that he's done for a third round pick, he just doesn't get the, uh, the love that he gets at, you know, I wrote about it this off season about how, you know, you got this clear tier of super athletic nose tackle, and then everybody kind of lumps the rest of them in, you know, a, a couple tiers down. I think he's very clearly in that next kind of half tier there. Not ever going to be an elite pass rusher, although when he does get to the quarterback, he has the best sack celebration in the NFL. So, I, I mean, you get to see what he brings to the team. And I was going to bring up that Super Bowl play. That play alone was worth the pick because he narrative. did. He, yeah. he, uh, he absolutely saved a touchdown run with that play Chris Jones came back the very next play and made a couple back-to-back -back plays you know it was right after that everybody remembers him swatting the balls down everything right after that it was the play right before that happened that Derek Nottie came out of nowhere made that stop when he had no business making that stop and absolutely set the Chiefs up so that they can win that game I just look I I like Derek Nottie a lot and I think this more speaks to where you better we're not we're sitting in this draft right now the seventh pick is a two-down defensive tackle 
in five years, a good the one. seventh best draft pick in our 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 combined opinion is a two down nose tackle. And I mean, I, you got to get creative with your arguments here a little bit. Yes, I think Derek Nani is very good for what he is, but we're looking at positional value right now. Like, uh, you know, I, there's there's other places you can go when you're looking at positional value. Actually, I'm just gonna do it right now. And Maddie's going to eviscerate me for this one, too. I don't care. I'm going to have a little swag to me. I'm going George Karloftis with the eighth pick. I'm <laughs> just going to go. Naughty of defensive ends. I'm going, all, I'm going all youth right now. I'm going projection and belief. Are you shocked? I am not the least bit surprised by this move. Hey, look, the positional value at edge, the Chiefs finally you know, were able to go and address edge early. They, uh, they are paying for the sins of Breland Speaks. That's okay. They're going George Karloftis. Uh, I almost went with somebody else here uh, with a little bit more projection as well. But uh, I'm going to continue to to go with the with the positional value at edge. George Karloftis. I think he's going to wind up being a very solid player. Which, if we're sitting here around this range, it kind of seems like that's the best hope at this point. I have belief that he can be a guy that will have a lot of sack production, have some, you know, it'll be some effort sacks that'll be really helping pad his stats. Uh, but I mean, the, there's not a lot of effort sacks in this group right now anyway. So George Karloftis is the eighth pick in the Brett Beats draft draft. Craig, eviscerate me. I'll let Maddie, don't let Maddie, just don't even, just skip Maddie. I mean, uh, listen, I, 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 I don't, dislike George Karloftis, but once again, where, what are you banking on? You're banking on Legarius Neat. That's a, that's a good one to bank on. And then you're banking on two rookies. Might as well. For Brett Veach's best picks. Guys that have never seen the field and are going to play defense in, <laughs> in Steve Spagnolo's defense for the first time who doesn't always like to play rookies. Like there's a there's a lot you're putting on these guys right now. I I don't hey, look. I don't know about this can't draft right now. I gave I gave a bunch of A's out for these picks. I'm gonna walk my walk. I have strong belief in what these two rookies are bringing to the table. I'm getting out ahead. I'm buying my stock early. Y'all are gonna look like fools for not taking these opportunities when they present themselves. Kent's playing the long game. Like if we remember this show exists and we check back in four years, yeah, he might look pretty darn good about it. But the fact of the matter is we won't remember this show existed in 72 days. And Kent's out here playing Hours. the long, long, long game. And then on top of that, he's taking guys that were taken in round one that are supposed to be good. He's just throwing value into the wind on these as well. Like I, the strategy right now, the strategy is, I mean, like, there's a, there's a Here's reason the he thought the die only had 16 sides, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have a very distinct strategy. I'm playing, I'm playing it this way. I don't think, well, we'll, we'll see where Craig goes. These next two picks was George Karloftis okay. in consideration for the next two pitch picks, Craig. Absolutely not. I am <laughs> no chance. No was, chance. Was Trent McDuffie in consideration for you? Trent McDuffie might have been my my fourth pick. He might have okay. made it to my fourth pick. Okay. I, I would have thought go. about it. You but I have, an, I have an unabashed love for Trent McDuffie. Like, <laughs> it, so, I, yeah. I mean, he, for God's sakes, he got his own McAdoodles ad. Like, probably <laughs> twice. I'm pretty sure I've done it multiple times. So, that should tell you how much I love the man. No, I am going... With another second round pick, my third 
second round pick and a guy that I did not expect to be here because I was trying to decide between him and Nick Bolton before pick number 63 in the 2020 NFL draft. I'm going with Willie Gay Jr. Um, Willie has been the most dynamic Chiefs linebacker since Derek Johnson. That's just a fact. They're, they they have not had somebody that has had his athletic gifts. Leo Chanel kind of, says hello. Well, and he's not taken the field yet, Matthew. My goodness. We, we just went through this. No. Um, uh, Willie Gay Jr. Love the energy. I love the way that he plays the game. I love how intense he is how much he's able to just translate all those athletic gifts to the field it's still coming from the from the mental side and he's still learning some of that and as he's gotten more reps things have improved you see him in coverage he does have a bit of a natural feel in zone coverage that's something that is hard to teach you just kind of have it and he does typically diagnose things right the second time I'm curious to see what he's going to do now that he's going to play the will linebacker and he's going to get the large bulk of those, you know, a buck linebacker reps in the nickel next to Nick Bolton. He has been hurt a lot. There's been a lot of rotation, but if he's able to play healthy this season, keep that communication with another young linebacker in Bolton. I think that the two of them are tailor-made to play next to each other, and he's going to get so much more of the pursuit, of the coverage, of all those things that make him the kind of linebacker, the good kind of linebacker that we expect. I think that this year and next year, he has a chance to just really take the take the ceiling off of his career. I'll, I'll uh, Let me jump in real quick. You can defend yeah, it in go, a second. Go ahead. I'm largely disappointed with Willie Gay. Uh, in his career to this point, because like I've been seeing, like I know the athleticism is like undeniable, but that athleticism really hasn't been able to translate relative, like consistently over the course of his first two years in the, of, of his career. He just he hasn't it hasn't clicked mentally. The uh, kind of athletic profile that we've seen from him, you would hope that he's getting trusted with more opportunities because he's a guy that can't actually impact this the game in coverage with his athleticism, and it doesn't feel like we've seen him do that to a level um you know game over game and, and talk about the injuries too now i remember there's some moments in the afc championship game against the bengals where i mean the athleticism was definitely starting to pop and like you're hoping that you're seeing him carry a little bit over that to the future so i still think this is a pretty big bet on a projection to this point i think this is very much projection right now excuse me what did mr projection over here I'm what, what is happening i'm not discrediting projection but what i'm saying is like if you look at the first two years that's there's i don't think there's a ton of teeth to the argument right now with willie gay's career and it is still projection that's what i'm saying so I'll tell you what's not a projection the chiefs have went out and drafted linebackers back to back years <laughs> in day two of the nfl draft since taken willie gay um I love Willie Gay as a player, and I really hope it works out. He's so much fun to watch. Mm -hmm. I I have one foot side with Craig in that, like, it's evident that he is this dynamic playmaker at the position, and I'm excited to watch him play Will and get to this third year, his second actual offseason with the team. I also have one foot with Kent, and I'm I'm a little disappointed. There are still some very rudimentary mistakes that he makes. Game after game, like I can understand blowing rudimentary. He said rudimentary. I just like to project. I can Sorry. understand blowing an exotic Steve Spagnuolo coverage. I can understand taking the bait on a, an outside zone run that is killing you guys. There's just some plays where he is just has no business doing what he does, 
and it bites the Chiefs. And I think that's also why you've seen him not be able to get any of the dive linebackers. They put Nick Bolton as the dime linebacker as a rookie, and he's a terrible coverage player. Terrible. And they put him out there over Willie Gay. And like, I hope it gets better. I do, because I like him as a player. And I like I like him as a person. I love his energy on the sideline. He's one of the most fun sideline players to watch in the entire NFL. It's just, I'm waiting for that step. I'm waiting for the jump. And year three seems logical for it, but we are still kind of waiting for it, in my opinion. It's like, that's my hesitation with him. I get it. I get it. Okay. My final pick Uh-oh. of the draft. I don't Starting like this. Craig has something sneaky coming up. Yeah, he does. Round four. Another second round draft pick. Oh, never mind. From 2018. No, how hilarious would it be if I went Breland Speaks right here? <laughs> that would be awesome and hilarious. I think you would just have to pivot as it like made the Chiefs trade for Frank Clark, which led to winning a Super Bowl. No. Wait, no Breland see, Speaks in round answer. four. Wait, he's taken in the right round? <laughs> no. No, I'm going with. Uh, I am going with another round two pick all the way down from the 2019 NFL draft class, Juan Thornhill. Another player that I think we all had high expectations for has struggled to get on the field for Steve Spagnuolo a little bit, but what he did during the Chiefs Super Bowl season got hurt in the playoffs or, you know, right there at the end of the season, what he did and what he brought to that team allowed them to move guys around in a way that they needed to be able to move guys around Tyron Matthew having to kick down into the slot to cover for Kendall Fuller, you know, Juan Thornhill being to be, being able to be trusted back there as a rookie allowed them to get their sea legs, allowed them to kind of shift the coverage scheme around so that that way when Juan Thornhill gets hurt and they have to shift some stuff around again, Tyron Matthews still playing there in the slot and he was an all pro there. They don't do that if Juan Thornhill doesn't play as well as he does in that 2019 season. They don't have that defensive cohesion going into the playoffs. They don't win the Super Bowl without them having Juan play as well as he did in 2019. Now, he unfortunately has not been able to recapture that since that injury, and it sucks because, once again, I love Juan. I love Juan as a person. I love Juan as a player. I love what he can bring. He's going to get every opportunity to go out there once again next to Justin Reed and now you know Brian Cook. Those three guys are probably going to be your three safeties that get the most run. This is a put-up-or-shut-up contract year. But I think what Juan did just in that rookie season alone makes the value of that pick absolutely worth the squeeze. I get it. Um, we all liked Juan Thornhill. He came out like a firecracker, and he has struggled to get back to that point. You're hoping that an entire year post-injury, he gets back there. And if he does, this is a pick that could obviously scoot way, 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 way up this kind of listing. The unfortunate part about this is it seems like there's a little bit of a disconnect between Thornhill and what the coaching staff is just expecting of him. Once from him, something. It just seems like there's a disconnect there, whether it's a physicality aspect, whether it's a understanding. It just seems like there's a disconnect. And while Juan Thornhill might end up being a really good player in the future, it just might be for somebody else. And his time with the Chiefs would largely be spent being injured or struggling to get on the field over Dan Sorensen or newly drafted rookie Brian Cook. And so like, I, 
he might be a very good player. It's just, did he really work out for Brett Veach's team that he drafted him for? Like, that's the unfortunate part. I don't know. It just seems like there is a disconnect between what he wants to do and how he plays and how the Chiefs want to play him. Um, I hope he comes back healthy. I hope he looks like the explosive, fast, dynamic player that he was in 2019 and at Virginia because that guy can play. That guy is good no matter what he's doing. And you saw that's That guy goes round one in this draft. Yeah, that's how he got on the field, right? Like, yeah, he does. And that's how he got on the field in 2019. But then he couldn't get back there, right? Like, that was the struggle has been getting back to that point. Or So he's kind of like a wait and see. I think it's a perfect time to take that flyer. Uh, in this type of draft form. It's just, I'm afraid he's going to be, once his NFL career is over, I'm afraid he's going to be remembered for his time with another team than for the Kansas City Chiefs. I I, I was as big of a Juan Thornhill fan as there was coming out. I mean, we were all just, you know, big stands for Giddy. him. Yeah. I just, I, I don't, I'm not buying it. I'm not believing it. And it's disappointing. It's sad for me to admit, but I just don't think we're getting the rookie version of him ever again. I just, there doesn't, I don't know if it's the mental, I don't know if it's the athleticism. I don't know. Uh, but I'm just, I'm not optimistic that we're getting that version of him back. Um, you know, I feel pretty good about this last pick that I'm going to make. And I'm not going to a rookie this time oh, around. Okay. Sorry, no. I, I can er- I'll erase Darian Kennard for you then because I already wrote it down. Oh no, oh, I no. wrote Sky Moore down. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I uh you know, we're talking about a little bit of projection here, a little bit of hope. Of course we are. Uh you know what? I don't think uh I don't think Clyde Edwards Alaire uh is uh anywhere near done being the kind of player that he's going to be at the next level. And, you know, we talk, we hear, you know, the gallbladder surgery that he had last offseason down to 160 pounds, it was reported. Put him a little bit behind the eight ball this year. And yes, he's only played 23 games in two years. And you're disappointed that he's a little bit injury prone. But this is a guy that had 1,100 scrimmage yards in his rookie year in 13 games. And I think, you know, there's still, <laughs> I, we, it remains to be seen if the ceiling as a pass catcher ever gets realized because this guy showed some immense chops as a route runner, as a receiver at LSU, but there's a lot of ceiling there still for, as a pass catcher. We'll see if he ever hits it. And there's a lot of production behind it. I think in round four, I'm getting a, 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 a guy that's going to be running back one for this football team. I feel pretty good about it, especially considering there's two years left. There's some upside. There's proje- some projection left here. Um, if he's healthy, he has a full year bounce back. Uh, removed from the gallbladder surgery. I'm buying Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I have strong belief. I will say this about this. I, too, liked what Clyde Edwards-Alaire brought in the passing game. The Kansas City Chiefs this offseason went and got an early down back in Ronald Jones to compete with him on early downs and then drafted a home run hitting, pass catching, great pass blocking running back late in the draft and Isaiah Pacheco. Now, I'm not saying that Pacheco's is going to come right in and take Clyde's job or anything like that, even though he said he will. I, I don't know that he's going to come in and do that, but that's a lot of players that they went out this offseason and said, hey, listen, we need to make a concerted upgrade in these two very direct areas. And if you've got both of those guys that are contributing, I don't know what that means for Clyde. Yeah, there's a lot of rotation at the running back position. It's going to happen that these guys are going to get hurt. Clyde is going to get first crack at this. I fully believe that. And if he can take it and hold it 
little more power to him because I think they'll use him in the past game. But man, I got a lot of skepticism about how they're going to use him in this offense because they haven't used him in that way yet. And then they went out of their way to get some guys that maybe are a little bit better fits in some aspects of the offense. As a first round pick, has he even been the best running back either year for the Chiefs? Like we're talking about a first round pick. That his, rookie, his, aver- his rookie year, he was their best back. Did he average 0.1 yards more than Daryl Williams once Daryl Williams had to take over for him after it's just, it's a first round pick. And we're talking about fighting undrafted free agents and Jarek McKinnon's and LaShawn McCoy's to be your best running back. That's a hard, that one's a hard sell for me. Um, I can buy your, you know, guys that have never played a snap because they might become something, but the, the round one running back pick that might become better than he has been so far that's a little bit tougher one to sell when they are actively going out to replace him i'm surprised here with this last pick i i actually have a lot of guys left on the board um rashad fenton a day three pick i thought would be a quality guy to put here uh same thing with mike dana these are day three picks that play Mm -hmm. a lot of snaps i almost went with rashad fenton those are good value picks and i have some good i think i've already nailed some value though like i've already got the value aspect covered i think derek Nadi being a key part of winning a super bowl and starting off with trey smith like these are value picks that matter I love, so I'll, I'll, quit, quit selling your draft you're trying to influence the people who get to fall here i am going with the 2022 draft i'm pulling a kid swanson i'm going with sky Moore. yeah because he wears number 24. And so when you start seeing wide receivers all around the league come into the NFL and choose numbers in the 20s, you will know it's Maddie's draft of Brett Veach's selections, pick of Sky Moore that led that charge. And do you want a cherry on top of the Sky Moore pick? Not only is it great value, they traded back for him. And you know what they got in that trade back? Darian Kennard, starting right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, was also acquired because they traded back for Sky Moore. No, I can't draft Darian Kennard too. I'm just letting you guys know yes. that trading back for Sky Moore, who's my selection, allowed them to also draft Darian Kennard, who they otherwise couldn't have drafted. So, like, no, I'm not actually drafting two starters, but I practically am. Like, I almost am. I couldn't. I'm not, but I kind of am. You know what I mean? Maddie, I love you so much. <laughs> I have no thoughts. It's the we same thought that I let, had for both the kids. Just never let him play a game ever. Just I I, I miss youthful Regis. This is I I think it's a I think it's a very good pick. And if I hadn't already taken my taken my swings on rookies, I probably would have been looking at Sky more around here. But I have no regrets. It's a great uh, pick. You get two for one. I think this is very good value, but I I I hate you so much. Right, okay, let's so recap our, yeah, recap the let's, drafts. Let's recap. recap let's, let's recap the drafts. Uh, Maddie went with. Uh, I'll do tri- mine. No, I'll, I'll, okay. Fine. I, no, I no, 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 no. I'm going Steel, to read this. Smith, who was a key part of the. Chief I'm going to read them all in a neutral voice. Okay, continue. Matthew selected Trey Smith, McCole Hardman, Derek Nadi, and Sky Moore, and Darren Kennard. I have selected Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, and Clyde Edwards Alaire. Just like 10 snaps. Matthew, total. Craig has selected Tucker, can we mute Craig uh Maddie's mic? Craig has selected Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, Bill Gay, and Juan Thornhill. So we need to know in the poll who had the best draft of anyone. And we oh. will wait for the poll. 
for a little while because right now Matthew's winning and we can't <laughs> let that happen. So I just want to say that my draft has the most snaps played of any of these drafts handily. Do you think so? so? You have a lot of part-time guys. I do have a lot of part-time okay. guys, but I also didn't select any rookies and waste. And you also have the snaps. oldest draft, probably. Do I? You have Legereus Sneed. I just spent like years <laughs> playing the league. You have years playing the league. Okay, I can I can deal with this one. I'm tied with Maddie right now. So this. Yeah, is I don't know how actually. That is. We have like eight. We this have. A, we are gonna a wait a second. I'm tied. Me and Maddie are tied, and that's really all Greg, that matters. Greg wins. Just end the poll right Greg now, Tucker. Just call it. Just call it right now. Yeah, no, we're good. Craig wins. That's that's cool. Craig wins. He won the last game we played. I think Craig has sixty nine percent. Craig has sixty nine percent, which is nice. fair. I don't care about Craig winning. I think it's wrong. I don't care. I don't understand how Kinch draft that has played zero snaps and is a running back oh. in round one is now ahead of my is Tucker. now ahead of me. I Tucker, don't understand. In the Tucker in the poll. Tucker I don't, in the poll. Tucker, stop the poll. I don't understand how stop you guys are voting for only round one picks and a running back to be ahead of the best value and, and the best value picks. I don't. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. I'm the, out here. I'm leaving. Uh, Tucker. Oh, the poll is complete. And, I'm leaving. Uh, in first place, I'm it, leaving. Uh, was Craig Stout. Uh, in second place, it was me. And uh, way down there in third place, it was Maddie Lane in the Brett Veach draft draft. How I'm never playing a game with you guys again, ever again. I can't stand losing to Kent's god-awful draft. That is going to do it for the KCSN nope, draft. Or KC Laboratory, thank you so much. We'll catch you later.